You're listening to the Kicking It With Colette podcast. This is the podcast where I bring you into the conversation happening in my head. I'm not a theologian, scholar, or philosopher, just a somewhat rational, thinking human being. The thoughts presented in this podcast are my own. I don't consider this to be faith-based podcasts, but I am a follower of Jesus Christ, so that inherently influences everything I do. There's no hidden agenda here. The purpose is to share my thoughts, make you challenge what you see and hear in culture, and inspire you to exercise your basic human right, the right to think. So let's kick it. I is here. As promised on this season of Kicking It With Colette, I will be sharing the mic. And today, I have a very special guest with me, my sister. It's me, Kristen. (laughs) Happy people. Okay, (laughs) so what I'm doing on season two, so my audience can kind of get a feel for who you are. I got a question for you, a little icebreaker question. Okay, let's hear it. Now, you remember back in the day, the show Made that was on MTV? Like when people- Yes. Yeah, okay. I used to like that show. I especially watched it when I was having a bad day because- some of those people were a hot mess. And <laughs> if I was having a bad day, I'm like, hmm, well, at least I can run. And this girl wants to be a soccer star and she can't even run. So that's terrible. But anyway. I'm, I'm glad you explained because I was going to ask you, how did that make your day better by watching me? But okay. Oh, because everybody was always a bigger mess than I was. Oh, okay. Okay. That feels like 16 and pregnant, but okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> who said that? Not me. Jay. I never really watched that. Anyway, back to the question. So my question is, if you could be made into anything, what would it be? Now, this could be past or present. This could be like 16-year-old you, or this could be like right now you. It's it's up to you. Oh, my goodness. Um, So I guess for right now me, possibly even 16-year-old me, maybe like a, a news reporter, an anchor. Oh. But okay. not at, you know, your local radio stations. Like, I want to be on good, I would want to be on Good Morning of America or the Today Show. You oh. know, something big. You Like like Hoda or something. <laughs> yeah, I want to get dressed up every day and I want to talk. Okay. All right, that's cool. And maybe right. tell you a little something relevant. Because, you know, on the news now, if you watch some of those shows, it's very little news. Very true. Is a lot of, uh, you know, just people getting up on a platform and talking. And I totally think I could do that. Yeah, especially the news station that, that rhymes with a box. But anywho. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm not even talking about them. That's a whole another story. Yeah, that's another podcast. I'm not even going there. <laughs> okay. Um, so this, today, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Bruno. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> yes, we're going to talk about Bruno. So just FYI, people. There will be spoilers. So spoilers! Listen at your own discretion. We're talking about uh, Encanto. Encanto. The family Madrigal. Uh, where should we start? Um, I don't know. This is your show. I thought you had a layout. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I do. Just I did. Kind of. But you're making me nervous. Um... <laughs> Don't be nervous. All right, I'll just start with just just a kind of overview of the the movie. Yeah, that's if, a good starting point. Maybe for those of you, them who have not seen it, but I'm sure. And if you're okay with spoilers, because yeah. it's happening. Um, yeah. Okay. So the movie Encanto is out on Disney now. It's on Disney Plus. 
And I know the music was written by Lee Manuel Miranda. And if you listen to season one, you know I love me some Hamilton, right? So I was all Hamilton, about Hamilton in Canto. Yes. Um, don't make me start singing because I totally will. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so Encanto is about a family. I believe they're in Colombia. So it's a, a, a Latin so, yeah. family. And did you say hold on a second? No, I said yeah. I I, I was agreeing with Colombia. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So it's a family, and they have magical powers. Like when each child gets to a certain age, they. Five. Oh, it's five. Okay. Yes. Okay. When when each child gets to five they receive a special gift from their house. And the house is um, magical. Is that what it is? Casita. Casita? Okay. Casita. Mm -hmm. Right. So they each get a magical power and they use their gift to help the community that lives around them because the family, the people had to flee because some foolishness was happening in their country. They never really got into (laughs) that. But I'm pretty I, sure it was probably a real war. You know, a lot of things are going on over there. A real, um, what did they call like a local war kind of skirmish type thing? Yeah. Unrest. Did. It was unrest in Colombia. Civil unrest. Yeah. yeah so we'll, we'll go with that. Right. So the, the family, they fled. I was like, what's the, that's the past tense of flu. They fled <laughs> flu. from the country. <laughs> And it was Abuela and her husband, and the three babies were just born. Unfortunately, Abuela's husband sacrifices himself so that everyone else can get away. However, they and... didn't flee. They didn't flew. <laughs> what? <laughs> but you know, when he sacrificed himself, they stood there and watched him sacrifice himself in the movie. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was in the midst. It's in the midst of the flightery. Um... <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> so professional. So, yeah. But anyway, see, now this makes people really go back and watch it. So you see. I, I right. threw you all off my bed. You did. <laughs> anyway, so the family, so they fled. Um, abuela had three children. Obviously, she wasn't abuela yet because abuela means grandmother. But the woman, the matriarch of the family, she had the three children. I think children. her name was Alma. I could have made that up. Well, I think, I think it did. was Alma. Okay. So when the husband died a special miracle happened and they received this magic. They got them, the candle became magic and then the house was magic and then magic happened. And here we are. Yes. And um, so I guess Encanto after that picks up with the family who oh, about the are inhabiting this magical house. Yes. And that's what we're going to discuss. Yes. We can start with the characters in their each of their gifts. Or it's interesting family dynamics too. The family, you know what? It's not actually. It's not interesting. It's way too familiar. <laughs> way too familiar. <laughs> Hence, why everyone loves this because everyone has one of these people in their family. Yeah, or can yeah. recognize some type of um, character trait. Yes, it definitely so. And I actually I like how the family was Latino and I like how they had like little nuanced things in there related to yes. like culture. Like there's one part with um the main character. Oh gosh, I won't blank on her name. Maribel? Yes. The main character, Maribel, she's given um Antonio a gift and she points she points with her lips. Like <laughs> that 
that's a cultural <laughs> thing. And I was like, yeah, she did that, you know. But anyway, yes. little, little nuanced things like that. So, yes. yeah, main character. We're going to talk about Maribel. Maribel last. Oh, she's like, oh, okay. She's like the main character of the story. The story is essentially surrounded, surrounding her. Um, so she's like the center of it. So we're not going to talk about her just yet because we got to talk about everybody else. Okay. Yes. So Maribel is actually one of the grandchildren. So, yes. The um, abuela had three children, two girls and a boy. Um, one of them... I get, Okay, so Maribel's mom was one of the... It was Julieta, one of the twins. Julieta. I'm glad you know names because I don't. Julieta. And her gift was... Healing through food. Yes. She could heal people by giving them a meal. Like Which she is- literally cooked soul food. Oh, snap. Boom, boom. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I did not even think of that. <laughs> oh, yes. I consider her kind of like the mothering figure. You she know, definitely she's, was. she's like home. Like where you get that home cooked meal. She was mm. chicken noodle soup. With a soda on the side. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was great. That was Mary Bell's mom, and then another her aunt was that Peppa. Uh, yes, Peppa. Now here's the thing. Sidebar: some of these gifts not really useful. Yeah, I I would concur. Yeah. So Peppa's gift was the mood. I mean, the weather reflected her mood. So that's like a gift and a curse. Facts. You yeah. know what she reminds me of? Who? Elsa. Yeah, but way more like Elsa. Elsa, her mood swings were not as dramatic. Pe- Peppa was. No, dramatic. no, no. When's the last time you saw Frozen? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Elsa's mood springs were mood springs. What is that? Mood swings were very dramatic. Um, see, I, okay. See, in my head, Peppa's like real telenovela, like, oh, I do feel. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, mm-hmm. different. Both of them allow their anxiety to get the best of them, and because they were so anxious that their gift became overwhelming to them, mm. and they felt like they were constantly, uh, you know, suppressing their emotions. So then, when some of them, when they couldn't suppress it anymore, and it came out, it just came out, you know, not in the way they wanted it to come out. Mm-mm. Come on now. Yeah, I'm. You know, I try every now and then. I can pull something out. <laughs> that, that's that's <laughs> weird. That's literally how emotions work, though. Because you know, mm-hmm. I'm in therapy and whatnot. And um, <laughs> but yeah, emotions <laughs> work work like that in real life. When you don't let them out in the moment, they just kind of hide until one day, randomly, you take the last tissue out the box and you have a complete breakdown. <laughs> it was because of something else that happened before. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so Peppa, gift, control the weather. All right. Oh, we forgot. We're jumping all over the place. And then there's Bruno. We don't talk about, about Bruno. No, no, We'll get back to him. Who um, really isn't the main character of the show. He is not. I don't, I don't know why the song was so popular, because I actually liked Louisa's song better. Pressure like a trip, trip, trip that never stops. Um, whoa. So, yes, whoa. Louisa is... Maribel's sister and her gift yes. 
was strength. Like she was super strong. Now that's yes. All right. Now that one, there's always a strong one in the family. And I loved it in this movie. They portrayed her strength as like physical strength. Like she literally picked up a bridge and moved it. But, but I love, I'm sorry. I was just going to say they portrayed her strength as physical strength, but there's always a strong one in the family mm-hmm. that people always lean on and don't necessarily check on that person. Exactly. Exactly. Check on your strong friend. Like my thought, like the word that I used to express Louisa is like expectations. Mm. Everyone had all these expectations of her and they were just weighing heavy on her. Um, like uh, she literally was carrying the village on her shoulders um, mm. mentally and physically. Mm. Yeah. You know what I thought about with her? Because she talked about how the chores were always piling up and it was like getting to her. And she's like, oh, maybe I'm carrying too much. But I was like, man, that's a misappropriation of her gift. Her gift was strength, not servitude. Like, yes. People were asking her to do stuff that they legitimately could have done on their own. They're like, oh, Louisa, the, the donkeys escaped. So she's she picks up the donkeys and puts them back in the barn. Y'all should have. <laughs> that was ridiculous. You, you go herd your own donkeys, exactly. Julio. You could have got <laughs> Julio. <laughs> Is that racial? No, we're not. It's all fun here, kids. Um, but yeah, they could have. They could have got like a herd of kids with some sticks to chase them donkeys back in. The, well, maybe not donkeys are stubborn, but that's not the point. The point is, they here we go her. having with poor Louisa with these donkeys on her shoulder. Yeah, and they could have they could have done it. You know, there's a lot of get, there was a lot of things that they could have done to make it happen, but they just relied so heavily on her gift that nobody else lifted a finger. Literally. Right. Uh, okay. Um. Yeah, and then, ready. Oh, that's. I said, that's don't good. come in here. Ready. All right, tell daddy I'm busy. Tell him to go ahead and eat. Okay, so FYI, my sister has two kids. <laughs> she has two kids who I yeah. love. Yeah. Refer to as <laughs> thing one and thing two. Yes. Um, my thing. house is never quiet. <laughs> and that's okay. If you know, you know. <laughs> we left mm. off talking about gifts and we had talked about Louisa's. Um, the next person on my list was Isabella. She was Mary, Mary Bell's sister, and she was like portrayed as like the perfect one, right? And again, like the gifts that they were celebrating were not necessarily the gifts that people had. Like they were celebrating Isabella as the cel- the perfect one. She really wasn't perfect. She had a green thumb. Like that was pretty much it. Like, <laughs> right? And like, really, what was her? So she was seemingly perfect. Yeah. And in her seemingly perfectness, she made colorful, beautiful of all sizes flowers. Flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Just flowers, roses, and stuff. Well, she always did roses because I don't know. Maybe she thought her gift was perfection. I don't. Where did that come from? Bruno told her. Uh, he told me remember she was came down and he told her that she was going to be perfect and so she lived all her life trying to be perfect oh she had the wrong idea of perfect huh i said she just had the wrong idea of perfect exactly well and exactly and so like i guess finally when she 
in a rage, you know, when she was mad at uh, Marable. When she just let go. Yeah, when she let go, she created something that wasn't perfect. Well, I guess it was still perfect. It was a beautiful little cactus, I believe. Yeah. But um, just different from what she had thought perfection was. Essentially, she kind of found joy in imperfection, maybe freedom. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this the struggle of being a perfectionist, right? Mm-hmm. And when she let that go, she was actually able to create way more and was even happier. Right. Exactly. Like she was stifled. Mm. Um, but per- mainly, like, Abuela, like, kind of forced the perfection on her. Was That's true. And, you know, uh, Abuela, you know, loved her stuff, what, what loved her, loved her perfection. Uh, and then, you know, when um, she started making things that weren't roses, Abuela was kind of like, what are you doing? And she was yeah, like and, excited and about, like, look what I could do now. And Abuela was like, stop that. He, and she, Abuela ma- blamed Maribel. She's like, look at your yes, sister. Yes, I forgot about that. Look what you've done. Like, what? Mm-hmm. That was a, another thing it, I was going to bring up about the movie that people, the family, the people in the village, they only saw the gift. They completely forgot about the human that embodied the gift. Right. Like Louisa, they only saw her strength. They didn't worry about how she was feeling or anything. Isabella, they always thought she was just perfect and, oh, you're so wonderful. Again, didn't care about her feelings or what she thought. She made or, you know, the, the guy who they had her, they wanted her to marry. Right. She it's, didn't even like him. Didn't even like him. She was just going with the flow because he was seemingly the perfect guy for her. Right. And that's who the family wanted. Mm-hmm. So in her constant strive or struggle for perfection, and she allowed them to dictate that on her. And she wasn't even happy. Yeah. Perfection and people pleasing. Uh, oh, people pleasing. She was a people pleaser. They all were. They all were. Yeah. Even Bruno. Yeah. If you think about it, because he disappeared because he knew the family would not be happy with the vision that he had. Right. So we moving to Bruno now? Yes, we're going to Bruno. We're going to Bruno now. Because he couldn't please them, he just, you know, disappeared. Kind right. Of. And speaking of misappropriation of gifts, okay, spoiler alert. Bruno's gift was like seeing the future. So they that's how he's portrayed. But really, his real gift was sand art. <laughs> <laughs> he had a lot of time behind those walls. It was just completely misappropriated. It was it was sand art. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, he he tried so hard. He was so into people pleasing and he knew he couldn't do it. He just left. Right. And yeah. also he kind of left to protect them from themselves. Yes, he did because, okay, so here we're we, we continuing with the spoilers. The climax of the movie is the house, Casita, starts getting all these cracks. Like huge cracks in the house. Like it's about to fall, fall apart. People, right? And Maribel could see it happening before it happened. And Bruno, even though he quote unquote disappeared, he was actually still there. He was trying to patch the cracks of the house from the inside. He was just struggling all by himself, trying to hold oh. the little family together. 
Yeah. Trying to fix the cracks from the inside before anybody else even saw them. Right. And they're all running around singing, we don't talk about Bruno. He can hear them mm. singing, we don't talk about Bruno. He's back there trying to clean up all the cracks and, and, and keep the family together. And they're over there bashing his name. Wow. And you know what's crazy about that? And he, you know, he was there. He heard it. But he loved the family even more than his own reputation. Right. Because he came it, out unresentful. Yeah. And he, but he ignored all that. He could have busted that wall and vindicated himself. But he didn't. Mm-hmm. He was right. like, it's better for me to be here patching the cracks from the inside than to even try to clear my name. Like, it wasn't even that. Right. The so, family. Yeah, I guess so. Really, the family they were just they read too much into his predictions. Um, I guess because his predictions were vague. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were kind of um, you know, ominous. Mm-hmm. And so they became afraid of him, mm-hmm. basically. And so, what you do? What do you do to something you're afraid of? You shun it. You get rid of it. Right. We're afraid of things we don't understand. They didn't understand him. They couldn't understand what he was saying. So that's why they didn't talk about him because they didn't understand him. That's why no one went into his room to go find him. Except for Marable. Wow. And it's and it's funny because his his prophecies, they were they end up being more like self-fulfilling prophecies. Like he would say one thing, not even associated with a vision, and people would take it as like a prophecy and right and actually make it happen it's like on that so raven when she would see something she would have a vision and then she would try so hard to like not let it happen that she would actually make it happen yeah see i don't think i can sidebar i can honestly say i don't think i've ever seen an episode of that so raven what i know but i got kids i know so i've seen raven's home Mm. okay like i watched it (laughs) we'll let that pass Okay, so speaking of useless gifts, I think we're going to do these other two. They're uh, the cousins. Mm-hmm. Talk about them real briefly. Um, Dolores, she was the one that had like supersonic hearing. Oh, How- she was just assertion. That's that way, right? Discernment, maybe? No? No, discernment. Yes. Nah, she didn't know she was, she was nosy, but supersonic hearing and, and the whole you know the whole thing when when I got mad at the dinner and she was like oh, Mary Bell you're messing with this family nah it was Dolores running her mouth if Dolores would that's what I'm saying she was the that's she was the desertion among them because she was running her mouth I don't know that word but <laughs> her gift <laughs> like who how is supersonic hearing helpful unless like you hear the British coming I don't know you're right ain't nothing good so her supersonic hearing let her know too much information and you know what she was running her mouth and loose lips sink ships Mm. come on now she 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 sunk casita she did and her brother what's his name camilo oh gosh what camilo i believe yeah oh you know what i just got his name his name was like Camilo, and he was like a chameleon because he could shape shift and Oh, you're right. I didn't even think about that. That didn't even cross my mind. I thought about it like this moment. But yeah. Mm. So he could shape shift, right? He can make himself look like he can make himself look like any other person. 
How was that useful? I I don't even know. Like I feel like his character was way under development, under underdeveloped, and he had no real purpose. <laughs> right. But I, you know, maybe that was it. What? He There's was always somebody to... into any everyone else. He didn't have a his own sense of self. Oh shoot! Shoot! I surprise myself sometimes. That was good. I thought you were gonna say there was always a useless person in the family. (laughs) That too. (laughs) Who that that. person is is to be determined by. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Um, (laughs) It's funny because it's true. There was one part that he that did seem useful, like in the song when Maribel was talking about the family. He, it was like a mother that had a baby and she was like worn out and the baby's like crying and he shapeshifted to look just like the mother and he took the baby and he gave the mom a pillow and mom took a nap. Now on that, on that token, I could have used a Camillo a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I need one now. <laughs> For them to come and top my head off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Okay somewhat useful at times i guess maybe anywho but i don't know he was undeveloped just like his sense of self i i have self-proclaimed that and i like it i like it too we're gonna go with it and then uh baby boy antonio who could talk to animals yeah (laughs) you know i don't find that as um anything all that spectacular well, here's the thing. He they needed to team up Antonio with Louisa, so when the donkeys get out, Antonio could be like, "Hey, man, <laughs> why don't y'all go on back at that barn?" And they can be like, "Antonio, we can't go back in the barn because there's a snake under the hay, and we're scared." And he'd be like, "Oh," and he can go and be like, "Snake, leave these donkeys alone," and then they can go away, and then the donkeys will stay in the barn, and Louisa could have a break. Look at you, you figured it all out. I know, like, you Disney, figured it all the way out. Disney, holla at your girl. Like, I've got this taken care of. <laughs> and here I was just thinking his whole point was just because he was super cute and his room kind of looked cool, and I figured all the kids would like it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah that too. Mm, he but was adorable. He, yeah, he was super cute. I don't, maybe his gift was. You know, to further develop, um, not his gift, but his purpose was to fur- further develop um, Mirable's role because you know, to show like their relationship because they shared the nursery, right? Yeah. And so, like, the two of them had a special bond, and you know, she was the one who he ran to, you know, confided in when he was nervous about going to receive his gift. And, you know, right. she, he, she accompanied him. Uh, to the door to receive his gifts. So maybe that was her, it was like part of her role was to show um, how she cared, how, how even though she didn't get a gift, she was really excited about him getting his gift. Like it was no saltiness there. And the cool thing is she gave him a gift before he got his official gift, right? She gave him a little stuffed tiger and she's like, oh, I know you like animals. Here you go. It's like she recognized yes before anyone else did Yo, oh okay sidebar yes. so go with me here Bloodborne. i'm thinking i wonder if her giving her the tiger 
prompted the house to give him that gift. Ooh. Like, it was like, she, because, okay, we're going to get into it. Like, because I think, and we talked about a little bit already, that the house was connected to Maribel, right? Yes. So, okay, so Maribel, when she was five years old, she essentially didn't, she did not get a gift. So they thought. Then, right. Right. But so she was like supporting the family, even though she didn't have a special gift like everyone else. She was super supportive of everybody. Right. And yeah. And I, and I had my, my notes. I was thinking, you know, sometimes the most important gifts are the ones that you don't see. Or they're the ones right. that looked like she supported everyone else in their gift, and um, right, like she looked like an outsider amongst the uh, family of uh, magic. I guess they're not superpowers. What would the gifts be considered? Gifts. I, don't know. I guess yeah, uh, uh, amongst the family with these um, gifts, special but, like her these outward gifts, but her gift was like from within. Yes, it was, and it it was what kept the family together. Her her gift was like, um, she was the glue that held the family together. Like, that was her gift. Like she was the perfect co star, right? <laughs> she was a supporting cast behind the scenes, all of that. That was Maribel in order to let everyone else shine, right? She did that. So when you to- asked me to do this with you, you specifically told me not research but i did mm. google what encanto meant like okay in my i thought from my uh, you know a little bit of spanish thanks north Myrtle beach high school encanto um blues. yeah i thought encanto meant encanto was something like magic yeah or enchantment or something yeah so when i googled it it, it is it's charm or enchantment mm-hmm. but here's the kicker Encanto is also a term of endearment um, amongst some Spanish-speaking countries, which, uh, you know, is for a kind or charming person. Mm. So, Maribel is Encanto. Ah! Dios mío! So Put it all the, together. Put it all together. So, the movie is essentially titled after Maribel's movie. Right. Because like it's just like a, a little a, an encharming name. Wow. I said an encharming name. I made up a no word. You know what I was I was give me my credit. <laughs> no, that was that's good. That's good. So she is Encanto. Exactly. Huh. So like she 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 didn't need a door. She didn't need a gift because she right. is the gift. Like she is oh Mm. come through oh I thought you had an epiphany no okay, I, feel, no, oh, I, well, I, me... I felt a word coming I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay 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 um like she now she's her grandmother's successor mm-hmm. and she she's the one who was holding the family together when everybody was struggling and falling apart she right. was running around trying to put them back together right that's true and you know when people got their gift they got their own door right and Maribel didn't get a door but when they had to rebuild the house, like she got the whole front door. She got the whole they put her doorknob 
in the front door and like she got the whole house. So before when everyone, when she was five, when no one thought she got a gift, it was the whole she, house. She'd already had it. It was already hers. You know they what? Okay. Recognize her gift. All right. So I got to get churchy for a minute. Here we go. Do it. <laughs> so it made me think of the parable of the prodigal son. Mm. Okay. Is. Ooh, I should have looked it up before I did this. I think it's like Luke 15. Okay. So the prodigal son who essentially goes to the dad and says, Hey dad, I want my inheritance now. And dad's like, all right, bet. So he gives him his inheritance. He goes away, goes to Vegas, spends up all his money, everything. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It's there. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Okay. <laughs> he spends up all his money, you know, his Bitcoin plummets. And then he gets home and he's like, you know what? I got to go back home because I'm eating slop and my father's rich. So, um, so I'm, I'm going to tell my father, father, yeah, I'm wrong and father. <laughs> Yes, please let me come back, come back home. So yeah, so okay, so he does right. Father gets sees him. It's all happy, throws a huge party. But people talk about that part, right? There's one part that most people I don't. Always had jealous one. The the brother, the brother was like, "Really, you threw a party for this ragamuffin after this ninja? Yeah, after he took his money and spent it all up, and yeah, now you throwing him a party." But then the father was like, son, like everything that I have is already yours. Like you, you already own this. This has been yours. You've been with me this whole time. Yeah, I'm throwing a party for your brother. But after the, after the party's over, the party's over. Like you own all of this. And mm. big bro didn't even know it. So that's kind of like Mary, Mary Bell's gift. It looks like, it looks like everyone else is everyone else is being celebrated, right? Everyone else is like having a party. Everyone else has got the fatted calf killed for them, but not even realize that Maribel owned the herd. Woo. Ooh, look at you! You just brought that thing home. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. honest though. I did think that when you were, when the brother was jealous, I thought the father was gonna say, "Son, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas." <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> but, um, okay, I like it, though. No, I just kid, I kid. <laughs> and which translation was this? It's the new. Uh, it's the new, new. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the King James Version. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> the, the King and it was Colette Version. Yes, yes. K-I-W-C version of the Bible. That one. Right. Okay, you mentioned this already about Maribel being Abuela's successor. So Abuela knew that the house was like cracking. <laughs> she knew that there was trouble in the camp, but she tried to hide it. Wow, wow. Yeah, and the thing about it, everyone was supposed to use their gift to like help the family and help the community, right? Mm-hmm. But everyone was still cracking under the pressure because... You can't help someone that's not honest about where they need the help. <gasps> mm. Mm, preach. So, so it so things were still falling apart. So no matter how many donkeys Louisa carried, oh my god, stuff it, it, it still wasn't. Get worth- your own donkeys, Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. 
So the family had to be honest about where they really were in order for like the cracks to be repaired. And Abuela just kept hiding it, you know? There's yes. always a place. There's always one in the family. Oh, you came through. You came through, sister. Thank you. Thank you. A, that was a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Sarah Jakes, her podcast starts and it says, God can't bless who you pretend to be. He only blesses you in the land that he created for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So the, the family, they couldn't, as much as they tried, they still couldn't keep it together because they weren't honest about what was really going on. Mm. Even even like Isabella and the guy she was supposed to marry, she didn't want to marry him. But Dolores actually did like the dude. Mm-hmm. If everybody would have been honest, they maybe wouldn't have had that disastrous dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes. So in season two, I decided I'm going to do a life hack every episode. And you told me a life hack last week or so. So I don't know if many of you out there in podcast land like yourself a good roasted chickpea. I like roasting chickpeas in the oven, but they bust all over the place and they explode and it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Rub the skin off the chickpeas. No more explosions. And you're welcome. Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically you take a peeling. I, I guess the heat gets up on... I'm about to be scientific. The heat and the moisture gets between the skin of the chickpea and the pea itself. And that's where the explosion happens. But if you take mm-hmm. the peeling off, no You saved your oven. Right, because then they pop. It's not like popcorn with a delightful little pop. No, it sounds like... It's splatter. And it sounds like something's exploding. And then they fall to the bottom of the oven and they burn. And it's just a mess. Yeah. So, yeah. Take the skins off. Boom. Happy Boom, roast. You're welcome. I mean, it is a little time consuming. Right, but so is cleaning an oven. Right. Save right. it. Save the elbow grease. So, anything else you wanted to say, sister? Um, you know, we didn't talk about the toxicity. Toxicity. Toxic. You know what I'm trying to say. To- thank you. you, you of Abuela. Mm. Or did we? Did we? No, she- we didn't. Because, no, nah, go ahead. You you go ahead. I just didn't. Honestly, I didn't know what to say. Oh, because I really don't have a word for it. I was prompting you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh... <laughs> she... But, you know, like, everyone was trying to please her to their own detriment. Yes. Like, they were trying so hard to appease Abuela that they weren't happy with themselves. They were fighting amongst each other. They were whispering and gossiping and Bruno hitting the wall, (laughs) y'all. Talking to rats. Uh, Yeah, and I don't know. I guess it's... To me, I almost feel like it's a, a a generational thing. Yes. Where people feel like they have to be a certain way, fit in a certain box, and look a certain way. Mm-hmm. I think more so recently, like people are normalizing therapy now, right? Right. And realizing that there's generational traumas in every family. 
And at some point, we've got to stop the madness. Right. And um, I think, you know, Abuela, to me, represents that old school, that prim and proper, this is how things are, this is how we do things, this is how we do tradition, this is how right. tradition. Yeah, this is how we save face. Like, we always have to... Yes, and she wanted to look good for the townspeople. Exactly. They were putting on a show. Yes. She's always like, the magic is a strong. (laughs) (laughs) Say it again. (laughs) No. But yeah, that was always what she would say, even though she knew. She knew the house was cracking. She knew that things were falling apart, but she didn't want to, you know, face it. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing. So the rest of the family is dancing around her, tippy-toeing on eggshells, trying to make sure everything is good, even though she herself, she already knew it wasn't good. And she the one who cracked the dog on eggshell. Right. She knew. So if she would have just been honest, everybody else could have breathed a sigh of relief also. Mm-hmm. Trying to, you're trying to keep everything perfect. To appear perfect to the person who knows it's already broken. What the heck? <laughs> what in the world? What are we doing? What are we doing? But that's real. That's what people it really is, are doing. It is so real. Mm. Yeah. Um, Release the pressure. Save yourself. <laughs> grow a cactus. <laughs> and grow a cactus. Yes. I like that. <laughs> I was like used to that growing cactus. Right. <laughs> and uh heard your own donkeys. <laughs> Get your own donkeys, Consuela. Let me stop. You know you change the name every time. I hope you realize that. Yeah, see the second time when I changed the name, it was because I forgot what name I used the first time. Then after I said the name, I was like, that's not what you said before. So I felt like I had to keep up with the trend for the third time. See, we just talked about this, Kristen. Let it go. You don't have to. You don't have to keep up the pressures. Okay. I'm gonna go grow a cactus. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Um. Okay. I think I will tie this back into the love episode what I talked about last week. Not last week. Last episode. Right. So that was a good episode of- on love. If you haven't listened to it, you need to go listen to it. Appreciate that. You're welcome. So last episode I talked about love. And I talked about the four types of love and one of them being storge, which I didn't talk about much, but that is like familiar love, familial love, like love between families, love between people groups, love between people with a commonality. And so this Encanto is a good example of Storge, like people were trying so hard uh, to keep up the appearances, all in the name of a, a Storge love, um, because everybody wants to feel that sense of belonging. And that Storge, Storge is also the most common type. Hmm. Of love. Any thoughts on that? Oh, I, I, I was listening to you. You were teaching me. Oh no, that's that's pretty much it. I didn't have anything deep on that yet but it's just a recognition of that's what well that's the kind of love the family exhibited right Mm -hmm. right even though it was it was scratched and dented you know yeah 
There As love is. Oh, it's, me- it's messy. Very Love is messy. It's messy. But you know what? Even though it's messy because <laughs> the magic is a strong. But <laughs> and so are the, the drinks. Yes. But the love was strong. And even though it was messy, it because it was mm. love and it was there, it would stood the crumbling of the house. Like even when everything fell apart. Yes. It was still there. That's Dorgay love. That's it, right? That's right. And it and it still allowed them to rebuild because that familial love was there and it wasn't just the family it was a whole community that right love permeated through the whole community right even though we kind of bashed abuela <laughs> even though we were talking about abuela and how she put the pressures on everyone right she was also the one who brought the family and the community together like it, the community right. was so important to her she was uh, subconsciously sacrificing her family to try to provide this love for the community right i mean in in a way she was successful because yeah for sure when everything fell apart the they came around was, they was right there all of a sudden they know how to pick things up louise <laughs> <All right. laughs> get your own donkeys i feel like that's gonna be the episode title juanita <laughs> But yeah, so um, that's that's good. So even though, so love, like we said, love is messy. Life is difficult. But because they had that community that Storge loved, they were able able to overcome anyway. Yes. Yes. All right. You wrapped that up nice. Thank you. This is this has been fun, sister. Yeah, it has been fun. We shall do it again. Yeah, I have to bring bring you back for another episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Kicking It With Colette podcast. You've listened to me. Now I'd love to hear from you. If you're listening through the Anchor app, you can leave me a voice message and I may just play it on the air with your permission, of course. If you're shy on the mic, just DM me on Instagram at 1-800 underscore Colette. That's 1-800 underscore C-O-L-E-T-T-E. This podcast was written, recorded, edited, and produced by yours truly, all on an iPhone 6. So click that listener support button so your girl can get an upgrade. Thanks for kicking it with me. Bye now. Go herd your own donkeys, Julio.